Hi there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Cloud-Based Mayhem. Uh, if I've got this right, we are about 16 days from the start of the Red Bull X-Alps, so I thought it'd be appropriate to have Patrick Von Cannell on. He is a young guy with a lot of talent. He's a test pilot for Advance. Uh, Kriegel is one of his mentors. He's been going to Kriegel's X-Alps kind of training academy, which I didn't even know existed. That sounds pretty scary. And uh, yeah, he's just, uh, he, he started hike and fly races last year with the Iron Fly and the Iger Tour, and then he got invited to the big show. So we talk about training and progression and a little bit about risk, but also having amazing mentors in Kriegel and Kriegel's brother, Michael Maurer, and we talk about X-Alps. So I thought that'd be appropriate given the, given the time of the year and given the big show is happening here in a couple weeks. So that's about all I got. I don't have much housekeeping. Uh, we are all transitioned over to our new subscription service on the website. We've got lots of bonus content up there for subscribers and more and more coming all the time. So go check that out at cloudbasedmayhem.com. If you're having any trouble logging in or uh, you should have an account regardless of whether you support us financially or not, I do not want finances to be something that keeps you from getting all the content of the Mayhem. Just ask that you be a subscriber to our newsletter. But if you bought swag or any or supported us in the past you should have a lifetime subscription so if that's not working for you let me know in the meantime uh, please enjoy this uh, very interesting talk very interesting and very kind person patrick von cannell cheers Patrick, so good to have you on the show. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to sit down and, and talk with you. I, I'd, I'd love to do this live in a few weeks when I get over to Europe, but I know things are going to be crazy and busy for, for both of us. So I thought it'd be, it'd be good to just get this one in and, and release it before, uh, before the, the gun goes off in Salzburg. But uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. We've had a lot of requests, especially from our Swiss listeners, to, uh, to talk to you. So uh, <laughs> welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I have to say thank you for that I can come in and, and say something from my side. It's cool. Maybe for that people that don't know me quite good, I have to say my English is not the best. I try my best and hopefully you will understand all what I say or what I mean. Yeah, your 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 English is great. We had a few minutes to chat here before we started recording, and uh, I, I think you'll uh, you'll get through no problem. Uh, Patrick, let's let's start with your history a little bit. Uh, I I watched you compete last summer in in the Iron Fly. That was uh, you know that was kind of my first time getting really familiar with your name. But um, what is your history? You know your kind of resume history, your brief history with paragliding. When, when did you start flying and uh, take us up to now. Yeah, I grew up in Frutigen. It's in the Swiss mountains close to Interlaken. And I grew up with the paragliding because my parents, they started quite early. My father is mountaineering and was, because of that, a lot in the mountain. And he started, I don't know, but in the in the beginning of the 90s, he started flying and after my mother as well. So I grew up with that. And then for me, it was it was no question. It was normal that I want to fly as well. But I had to wait until 16. This is the, the age that you have to start 
paragliding in Switzerland. So I earned some money to start paragliding over the summer in a summer job. And then when I get 16, I was able to make this my dream true to to start paragliding. And yeah, it was normal. I was in a school and yeah, after I made, a, I don't know how to say that, but I worked in a forest. Mm. I was cutting the trees there and I made that. And on the day offs, I went to to flying. Yeah, it was was like that. <laughs> and what were you? Were you kind of instantly? involved in in cross country or what what were those early years when you turned 16 what did those look like yeah it was we had a quite a nice school or we have a nice school here and this is good together with with the club and there was many pilots they flew very well cross country so i went with these people so I made my first um, cross-country flights in in the at my home in the Alps. But short time after the exam, I was together with with Michael Maurer. This is the younger brother of Krigel, and he was it, at this time he was made a lot of acrobatic. So on the weekends, when the weather was not good for for cross country, I went with Michi to Müren. This is a famous uh, spot for acroparagliding, and I learned a lot from him, like for these acro maneuvers, and it was good fun. And sometimes Krigel was coming as well, so I was quite early together with these two nice people with Krigel and, and Michi. Yeah, and so it was amazing was, mentors. Was starting, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I understand I, I'm I'm looking at your your bio on the on the Red Bull X Alps site. Of course you're you know competing here in June and for in your first X Alps. Um, but you've done a lot of flying in the Swiss League and a lot of competition flying. The the I understand the Swiss have um a pretty active juniors program is that is that correct? like I, I know the French have that is there is there kind of a mentorship program that they put you into when you're young and in learning? No, it's not not like this. I mean the the Swiss League they put a lot of energy and a lot of work to push the the young pilots, but to get in it's it's not so. Yeah, it's hard to say. It's not so easy because this competition flying is not so famous in Switzerland. Or when I started, I was just Michi and Krigel. They flew competition at this time. So for me, it was yeah the the local people. They went only um, for cross country. So it was hard to to go as well with Michi because. The most people said, uh, I don't fly competition. I just want to go free flying. So it's hard to 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 go in because you have not so a lot of minds. They say, oh, yeah, go go um, for 
for competition. So I think you have to be this this type of pe- of person to to like the um, competition, and I'm a little bit of of that. So I was trying to go with Michi on the first um, competition. It's more small competition, but I was yeah I was liking very well, and so I started to compete first in national competition and then 2015 I was able to fly my first PWC in Brazil and yeah so it was was starting slowly you started you started slowly but you've come on strong in the last few years it, it sounds like you you uh, you've been flying what eight nine years now is that correct yeah now it's like nine nine years nine years okay you're, you're 25. Um, yes, now I'm 24, but in July I ah, get 25 okay. for yeah. the race. Oh man, you're a pup. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm jealous. So you, uh, just going through this, you're, you're now, uh, well, before, before we talk about advance, uh, you, you had a, you had some big flights down in Brazil, uh, 513. Were you part of that whole Swiss crew? Uh, this, was that this fall when you guys were towing out of Keiko? Yeah, it was from Kaiko. Okay. And um, but not 2018. It was 2017. It was the okay. first time. Yeah, it was already one and a half year ago. Or yeah. What's been the most important thing in your progression? Has it been um, flying with with Michael and Kriegel and just flying uh, recreationally, or has it been the competitions? Um, how have you how have you progressed so quickly? Because I, I know like now you're you're uh, you're a test pilot for Advance as well, correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a good question. Um, <laughs> I think it's it's so many points. I was so lucky on different points. I think first I made the school, and after the school I made or I learned a job. Over the winter, I was trying um, acrobatic, and I think that is one of the biggest points that I went with Krikel and Michi. So they showed me how what is possible with the paraglider, <clears throat> and I'm a little bit uh, a person that want to compete, and I was trying as well to to make this. So when I remember me back the the ground spiral for me was was um, was clearly that I want to learn that as well. So I started um, three months after the exam. I started this to learn this ground spiral because Michi and Krigel they made all the time this ground spiral and it's steps or points like that that I think it's um, for me it, it's. It's a point that I made um, this progress. How much do you credit your success in the Swiss League and PwC and the competitions to acro? How, how important is having that acro component? Yeah, it's, it's a good point. I think when I started with to try the helico, for me, it's like... You make 
maybe 10 steps forward because if you know very well where is the, the point for the deep stall, you can fly shortly much more aggressive and 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 safer for sure. And this was, I think this is one of the important point now when I want to make uh, a safe top landing or when it's turbulent, when I know I can go to the stall point, I say 99% and I can wait here. So, but I know that I'm, <clears throat> I've been on the, on the stall point, but when I don't know where the stall points are, so then it's it's very dangerous. And I think this is one of the of the part what I learned in uh, in Acro. Have you ever have you ever had an accident? Not in in working, but not in flying. Yeah. Mm. What about other tips that you've gotten from from Michael and and Kriegel? I I I, I want to spend a good portion of our talk talking about the the X Alps but before we get there you, you know you've had this incredible opportunity really to to fly and train with the best in the world um, what what are some of the things can you share with our audience that they have stressed to not not only to cover big distances but to to stay safe and mm. maybe, if you could extend that to mental, the mental side too. So not just the technical side, you know, like acro training and deep stall, but uh, where your mind needs to be. Mm, just for the mind, it's it's hard to say. I think it's maybe one, when I say that, it's, it's also one technical thing, but it was just in the beginning when I started, it was from my teacher. My teachers say, it's very important to feel so comfortable in ground handling mm. and the ground handling is is i think it's it's so a good uh, basic to start paragliding and we do it so often so i think this is for my side it's it's also um a big you know, or like a tip to the to the people or to the paragliding community that it's they do so often this ground handling and i think if you do often this ground handling and feel comfortable um when you when you are in, in ground handling so you are also stronger in the head mm. because on the takeoff when it's have when it's like when it's a little bit windy you can remember back when you was on the ground, when it was very safe, and uh, let's say 20k wind, you know you can control the wind, and then it's for you, it's more relaxed on the takeoff when it has 20k wind, because you know on the ground I was able to do that. And I think it's it's things like that when you can mix the... The practical thing with, with with the head when you can um, try something in a, in a safe area and then make this in the real like let's say in, in the takeoff so it's also good for the head. Mm. Your bio here says too that because you're a test pilot for advance, you're getting about 500 hours a year, which is a lot. Uh, 
do you do you struggle at all uh, with motivation or you know when you're when you're flying that much it's uh, that's a lot 500 hours a year and there's not many people in the world that get that many um, it, have you found there's ever lulls in your desire uh, is it ever too much <laughs> it's funny because actually today I had a, a nice call with a friend and we was talking about that yeah exactly it's it's, it's quite hard um to get motivated when you fly so a lot of hours in a year the first year it it's it's okay but then the years after if you do it every year like that it for me it's it's quite hard to keep the motivation 100% and have fun all the time in the air so now especially as well for the xalp i um how to say that i stay a little bit relaxed do something other i like to do quite a lot this uh, foil kiting so i do more kiting so i like <clears throat> i stay um, on the ground to have the motivation um when i get on the start as high as possible and yeah the rest it's it's different. It's uh, when it looks like a good XZ day or for cross country, then it, it's quite easy to motivate because the motivation is to fly as far as possible or fly the biggest distance in the in on that day. But the difficult part is when when it looks good and you make a plan what what I want to fly. And then I'm in the air, but I I see all oh, the day it's not so good as I expect. So then it's it's quite hard to keep the motivation high. Mm. And then sometimes I can't make a new goal, so I I go land and make something other. Is your is your living, is your income all 100% through paragliding now? Is it just through the being a test pilot or are you still involved in trees? Is there Are there other sources of, of income? No, it's 200% uh, flying now. Wow. That means I work 80% for, for Adrans. Okay. And at the moment it's, it's, it's quite a lot. It's maybe... Too much because the preparing needs more for the exalps needs more time but overall it, it's 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 good and i can uh, live quite comfortable here in switzerland like that yeah yeah that's that's good to be able to live comfortably in switzerland it's not a cheap place it's very, <laughs> very expensive but okay well we're gonna talk i want to talk about training and diet and risk and a lot of things with related to the race but just before we do last year you competed in a couple hike and flies uh i watched very closely the the iron fly i, I recall the weather not being so good uh, Kriegel won that one. You got second, and then the Iger, uh, Iger 
tour, Igerfly, whatever they called it, they, that Michael Vichy was running, which I was very interested in because he and I spent some time together in the in the 2015 race. He's a great guy. Um, I think also Kriegel won that one, and you got second. Um, so well done for those. Was that was were, was the X Alps kind of already? on your agenda when, when you did those, or was it after those events that, that the X-Alps kind of was like, ah, oh, maybe I should do that. Or is, or has the X-Alps been a dream for years? Yeah, it was the X-Alps was like, maybe, I don't know, three or four years ago was, was a dream for me, especially every time when it was on the race. And when I was follow you guys, when you was uh, racing, so I was thinking all the times um, that it's one thing that I want to to do as well, but I was very scared about the race. F- physically scared, or or what what part was scary? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's physical because of this huge distance that you have to walk. Or actually, when you see the distance between Salzburg and Monaco, it's so big. And this was really scared me. And there I was, I know that when I have, when I scared about something, then I'm not ready to do that. Mm. I was talking with Crickle many times and then he, he started this uh, Xalps Academy together with Michu Vici and with his main sponsors with teamwork. And this is, was yeah it was like a big step forward for the exiles for me because um now we are four young pilots all have this dream to compete on the exiles and this was also a small step forward to to my yeah to my dream and then <clears throat> i went on this iron fly and we said together with my team, it was in this time, it was in the Iron Fight, it was the same team like now on the, when we go to the Exalps. We said we make this Iron Fly and after we see if we want, if we make the, if we want to make the Exalps or if it's too early to make the Exalps. So that was the point from the decision. Were you, were you deciding that? by the result you know that hey let's see how we do or was it more hey let's let's do it if we feel like we're safe and we're having fun and uh and we we operate well no it was for sure not the result it was a really good test because the weather as you said that the weather was not very well we walked a lot and that was Mm. really a good point for me because there I saw that I can walk over two, three days, big distance without um, problems. So that was a good point. Um, yeah, the, the scary about the Exalps was a little bit less than before. Mm, mm. When when I saw that I can make this this big distances by foot. Mm. Tell, tell me about the the academy that that Kriegel the X Alps Academy. I think that's going to terrify any 
non-Swiss pilot who listens to this because no non-Swiss has ever won the X Alps. Uh, clearly, <laughs> clearly the Swiss are the the folks to beat, and and currently, of course, Kriegel is. You know, the last five, uh, just unbelievable. Um, but that that's amazing. What what um, what are the main things that Kriegel is is teaching the the four of you who are you know kind of uh, his students uh, when it comes to the X Alps? Quite quite hard to say there are so a lot it's hard to say <laughs> well no, yeah no say think... say more if you want <laughs> say, say them all <laughs> no as you know all um critical is a very um how can i say that he is sometimes he think 100 steps forward than you mm. and i think it's it's every time small pieces that he gives us, but we can make um, make big steps forward with these small pieces that we get from Krigl. It's, it's it's so hard it's to say that in 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 words. It's poo. I don't know how, what to say. What we learned from him. It's so many. So many things. Is is the. Yeah. I guess what I would say, let me ask you this. What do you, because people ask me this all the time, you know, why, why is Kriegel so good? What are the things that he's doing that the rest of us aren't doing enough? Is it, is there any one thing that really stands out? For example, strategy or route finding or reading the weather in the air i mean you know obviously everything adds up and it's it's all these like you said it's all these little things that he's doing that make a big yeah. difference but do you think there's in your experience with him are there are there certain things that stand out i think the the flying skills it's it's hard to say but now he have so big experience he fly, I don't know, maybe 20 years now, more or less. And in these 20 years, he have so a lot of experience. So I think that this is, of course, one point when I see now how Crickle make the preparation for the X-Alps for the six times. It's huge. He, he tests everything and this it starts by the shoes. He have maybe 20 different shoes and he tests every shoes in different conditions and and every cloth in, in different conditions. And I think this is, is one point, the motivation to prepare so good and so exactly. I mean, if if the harness 10 gram lighter, then it's, it's so a big difference. And, and mm. somebody say... Uh, 10 gram yeah it's like it's like one t-shirt more or less or I don't know and and for him it it's 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 huge and I think small things that make crickle so strong and he said this as well when in the race over the day he when it's flyable he make not big distance to the other athletes but on the end of the day, when it's when Crickle is, let's say, three minutes f- or two minutes faster 
every time when he packed the glider. Mm. And in these two minutes, he walks 200 meters. And when, let's say, when he make, he fold, he pack his glider two or three times each day. And this, over the whole competition, it makes a distance. And when we say he can fly maybe 500 more, meter more because he can land in a really, really small place. Mm. And this in every second flight. So that means it's um, 1K in every second flight. Mm. So then when no, you look, when you look the all on the end of the race, it's it's um, it's quite a big distance, and I think it's also these small pieces. But if you look the overview, it's quite a big big distance in this race. So I think this is also a point that makes him so strong. That's yeah. That's that's a good point. I actually hadn't mention of all the things I always say positively <laughs> about Kriegel. I, I hadn't, I mean, I knew about his packing and all those kind of things. And I know he's such a professional. I mean, this is what he does and what he lives for, but that I hadn't thought about that, that you're right. That all really adds up those little things, little things, little things. Again, you're back to the, the little things. Well, with that, with the Academy and, and kind of having him as your, you know, kind of like a big brother, um, how have you approached your training? When when did it start, uh, kind of officially, um, and and break break down your training a, a little bit in the last months. When, when did it start, and and how have you how have you approached it? Like, do you have a trainer? Do you have uh, how have you approached the physical side as well as the the things you were just talking about? You know, packing fast and shoes mm-hmm. and all the lists. Actually, it started. When when I had the oh when you fa- when you found out when you when you when you were yeah, accepted when, yeah yeah exactly when I when I saw that that I accepted to to make the the exams mm-hmm. but in this moment I was in Brazil with uh, together with the under Swiss pilots in Kaiko for distance flying mm. so there it was quite hard to train because we was flying the whole day and and over the night and we was driving in a car so we was quite busy over there but i went back in november and then first we started to make a training plan together with the sport clinic in Bern, and they are trophies or I don't know how to say that but and together with Crickle we made a training plan for me as well of uh, for Crickle and yeah that that was first a big step to make this plan because it's for me it was very important so I I saw that uh, what I have to do over the week and what what was the goal end of the month that was one thing physical and then the second thing was the mental point together with with Thomas Doria the mm. supporter mm. from Crickle the first four times yeah and this was as well uh, at the moment also a big part because he helped 
us a lot for strategy to to have every time the, the the good focus on the right things. Anyway, Thomas was more for the mental things and strategy and and how to 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 have the motivation every time on the right place. And Krikl is more like um, with his experience, he he said, ah, oh, maybe you can try these shoes and I train um, more a little bit like this in this moment. And so I work together with this two person in the same way. And that was very funny because sometimes we, Thomas, Krikl and I, we was training together and it's so cool to train with these two guys because when they two are together then it's it's so fun they have so good ideas and the it's hard to say but then it's it's so a, a cool atmosphere and all are so motivated and then on the end of the training you have so many ideas what you can do and and what what are the next goals and the next steps? And this was was um, very cool in this this preparing until now. Patrick, can you give me? Um, can you because Thomas is kind of famous in in the ex Alps, and and those who have mm-hmm. had uh, access to him have sounds like they really get a lot out of it. Can you can you give us some examples of? what some of that mental training looks like or some some of the some of the things he has given you that have helped uh you prepare yeah i will try to explain um no one thing is in our team is sepiniger it's the main supporter and then it's my father the the second supporter every person have to for the exalts have special things to do. That means Sep it's more the have more the tactical part and the route planning mm-hmm. and the overview. And then my father have more the the things like car driving. Um he have to look that we have every time enough food and then have to work together with Sep um for the tactical things and first that was one of the first steps together with Thomas made an overview what we have to do and what are the special jobs um, from the different person in, in, in our team mm. and yeah it's it's <laughs> very hard to explain but um then we was writing this on a on a on a paper and as well the the strong parts of this each person and it's it's points like this and now first we were thinking ah but when we can use that when we can use that but we had actually in one preparing um, training we had a situation when we was not sure what to do and then it was quite helpful he was saying ah now it was made something wrong but we go further what we have to do now we are on the ground so patrick have to walk 
Sepp have to, to see which is the fastest route. And my father have to look that we have enough food for all. And then it was, was fine. The focus was on the right thing and it was going forward. And then we was realized that, that this thing, it's, it's, uh, it's very important. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's very hard to explain, but, uh, it's, it's really a big part of our, um, preparation. So the, the team, the team side of it, making sure everybody has delineated roles and it's all smooth yeah, and exactly. seamless and it doesn't take a lot of your own personal bandwidth, you know, that they're, mm-hmm. they're figuring out. How do you, how do you approach, uh, weather forecasting? Do you have, do you have a separate weather, uh, guy or team, you know, like with Medio Swiss that feeds you information or are your, is your team just doing it on their own, uh, on the fly? Um, no, actually we have one meteo guy that makes the meteo for the whole Swiss team. That mm. means for Swiss one, two, and three. Mm. And he make a little bit the overview, um, of the meteo. And then the rest we make by ourselves. But of course we can call like Martin Schell. He is one of the mm-hmm. famous um meteo guys that's we trust Crickle and and in his history he was um working quite well when he made the meteo by his own we trust Crickle and and try to make the meteo by our own and we have this this person that makes in the background this overview yeah Something that I found really surprising, uh, in 2015, Kriegel and I were sitting next to each other at the press conference at the, the Red Bull, their, the hangar, the really famous hangar with all the planes and everything there in mm-hmm. Salzburg. And before they started recording, uh, we were just having a chat and he, he said the same in 2017, we had dinner together one night before the prologue and he said the same thing that... He doesn't scout the course uh, in advance, and 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 this year, he said when the route was announced that maybe the zone where you live, you know, through through Titlis at the Engelberg Waypoint to Saint Hilaire, really Davos to to Saint Hilaire through that whole area, he thought, wow, that this could actually be a disadvantage for me because. I know it so well. Uh, I think he was just being nice there, but <laughs> but um, I found it. I found it very interesting that he doesn't. You know, there there are some athletes in the race, mostly for you know just economic reasons or because they have a job or, or they don't live in the Alps that it's really impossible to come over and and train on course line. You know, for weeks before the race, but he lives right there and he, he says he purposefully doesn't do it because, uh, you know, in the past with the race starting in early July, he said, you know, if, if he goes in May or June even, or even two weeks before the course and flies some segment of it, it's totally different two weeks later when the race is happening and he doesn't want to have any preconceived notions about how, to fly through that. He, he wants to, he wants to make that call on the day, you know, for the conditions of the day and just figure it out. 
uh, because he, you know, he's so brilliant at that, obviously. But this is a long question. But my 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 question is: Are you are you taking that same strategy, or will you try to fly and see as much of the course as possible? <laughs> no, that one we used the the, re- the same strategy. Hmm. If you are free or if you don't know the area <clears throat> you fly more as i would say more safer with, with more conf- comfort mm. and then i think you are freer and you have no stress you can decide you make your decision from your stomach or how to <laughs> yeah or By you make instinct. that what you do yeah instinct mm. exactly and that's why we we use the same strategy. We have these points in in on on the road where we have to choose the different uh, routes, and yeah, that's the only thing that we have. And the rest we try to to have to keep as much as possible open in this in this route. So you your approach is stay where you are because you have, you know, your house and your support and it's easier. You can just train where you are until the race and then you go. Yeah. 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 Maybe um, what we plan to do is to go uh, on the top of the tit list to see where we can start when it's have south wind or, or when it have east wind something like that mm. i think this is is the the only or one of the um smallest thing that we do make we go next week to this border race in Aschau and there to have a look a little bit um how it looks there in in, in Aschau in the small hills mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's like like we said before, in the race, it's totally different. And then you have to decide by your own. So you've you've competed now with Kriegel a couple times in the Iger Fly, or sorry, the Iron Fly and the Iger uh, Tour. Um, <laughs> can you beat him? <laughs> <laughs> can he be beat? <laughs> <laughs> paper here in in this area this was short after the the announcement of the athletes Crickle said that he think I made a good result but he think that I can't make a better result than him because I have not so big experience mm. like him mm. and that is that what I thought he or what I think now he has so big experience he made. It's like when we watch the route now, he know every area. Ah, 2013 I was here and I was able to fly to here and there was a little bit tricky and there. Mm. And and yeah, he, he know the whole area where we have the route now so good. So... It's it's very hard to be better than than Crickle, but 
we try our best and yeah, then we will see. We have not a ranking goal. We we just want to have fun because then we 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 make uh, a good work and and we have fun and then we are all happy. Does does Thomas talk about that? Um, you know, I've 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 often thought about that. You know, in 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 2015, I I, I had no idea really if if I could even do it. I mean, I I hadn't done any big endurance races. My my racing and professional athlete background was in ski racing, you know, which is really short duration. And, uh, (laughs) you know, and I was older and I had bad knees and I I thought, wow, I just, I don't, I just have no idea. Am I going to be embarrassed and get eliminated or if if I'd be able to do it? But so our our approach was very professional, I think, in terms of the preparation, but also, quite relaxed you know i didn't i didn't have any goal of being top three or top 10 or anything it was just be safe Mm -hmm. you know don't get hurt and and have fun and uh Mm -hmm. and it it went pretty well in 2015 and so in 2017 i i changed that and and i really did have some goals in terms of uh result and i think that was maybe too much pressure i don't know in some ways i think i wanted it too badly and um, mm-hmm. and you know, it was, we, we made a mistake early that just really, really cost us. And so when you look at the mm-hmm. two races, I made so many more in 2015 because we were rookies. We didn't know what we were doing and we learned on the way. And in 2017, we didn't really make that many mistakes, but the one we made was really bad. And, uh, and it wasn't even really, I, you know, I bombed out on a day that I really shouldn't have bombed out. It was, you know, one of those, you know, just unfortunate things that happens in paragliding and that really cost because the weather was so bad that year. But anyway, but the, mm-hmm. the point is, is it, does Thomas talk about, uh, that aspect, you know, like in, 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 in competitions, that's something we hear a lot of is that, you know, if you really are serious and you really want it bad, you don't do very well. You know, if you're just relaxed, <laughs> you, if you're relaxed, you fly better. But I'm just wondering, you know, for something that's as big as the X Alps that only comes around every couple of years, it, it's hard to not feel that pressure, at least for me. Yeah, I think for me, it's, it, at the moment, it's very hard to say because I'm like you in before the race 2015. I'm I'm a rookie. I don't know exactly um, the distance, how hard will be the race. I have no points that I can say or that I can compare or something like that. So it's I think it's little bit easier but of course this um, statement for for the people from the outside um, they say oh you you are one of the rookies that that the people will show very well that makes not easy mm. but um, there is is as you said Thomas is is a it's a really good um, person that can help us that we have to focus on on our po- on our strategy and that we as I said that we do that what we like to do and what we can do very well so 
at the moment we are quite relaxed all of us um we have no stress and we just looking very forward to the start of this race finally (laughs) (laughs) no more training we just get to go have fun yeah absolutely um Patrick, I, I want to be mindful of your time. I've just got a few. Uh, I haven't done this in a while, but yesterday I was I was a uh, big training day yesterday, and I was near the end of the walk, and I was listening to a, a podcast by a guy named Sam Harris, a podcast I listen to a lot, and he asked this these series of what he calls rapid fire questions, which just means you don't have to answer them fast. You can answer them long and however you want, but just a few kind of unrelated questions. Uh, and I, I thought we'd, we'd close on that because some of these, this was not for paragliding whatsoever. It was uh, something totally different, but I thought some of these would be pretty fun. So l- let me just ask you a few, a few of these rapid fire questions. Um, if you had one piece of advice for someone to succeed and this wasn't what he asked, but I'm throwing it to succeed as a pilot. What would it be? Good question. I think to have as much as possible fun on that, what you do, that you really do it from, from your heart, do that for yourself. Mm. For me, it's, it's like this, then I have so a lot of fun and then I do it quite well. And I think, this together with the motivation that you want to go forward and to 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 make progress i think this is two points to go forward and to get that good pilot mm. Mm. uh th- this next question doesn't <laughs> doesn't work for you because you're you're in your 20s it was the, the question is if you could do one thing differently in your 20s what would it be but you're in your 20s so we're going to change this one uh um, if you could, <laughs> if you could rewind to your 50 hour self, so that would be, you know, when you're 16, uh, you, you're just learning. So this is nine years ago. Is there anything about, if you could go back to that Patrick, when he when 16 and say, listen, Patrick, here's what I would do differently. What would that be? Like I said, in the beginning, I was so lucky. I was every time on the right point i in the swiss army i managed to make first as a pilot paragliding pilot and there i had also the opportunity to to train and and fly four days in a week and the other had to do this army things and yeah there are all so many things that i was so lucky so I don't know what I, I will change when I when I will be sixteen now. So that's great. Well, we we, we hope <laughs> we hope that's the same again in 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 another ten years. What which is the next question? Yeah. <laughs> uh, ten, ten years from now, what do you think you'll regret doing too much or too little of? I think too much is is maybe the flying. <laughs> The, that the motivation goes back and back, mm. that I will be on a point that I stopped the flying because I was made, making too much and too little. And too little is to spend some time with the family or with the girlfriend, or mm. that's the, mm. the game at the moment. Yeah, that's a, 
I think something that many, many pilots uh, are struggle with or maybe regret <laughs> at some point is just it's 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 very consuming this thing we do. Um, okay, what is the most important non-flying thing you can do to become a better pilot? I think for me, for me, because I don't like to read books and and study something <laughs> i'm more the, the type that that want to try something and so i think it's not that point but i think to to work on my mental point there i think i can do a lot like it like now with together with thomas um i think in this point i can make quite big steps forward and yeah that's the only thing at the moment that i think mm -hmm. what negative experience so what what bad experience in your life one that you would not want to repeat has had the most profound positive change for the better yeah i think it's this accident that i that i said before when I was in, in the forestry, was in the first moment. But on the end, it was good for me to to relax a little bit. And I think I learned quite a lot in this time. Um, and on the end, it, it was also a good part uh, mm. in, in my life. Mm. You get a lot of perspective, don't you, from from injuries? I've had many, <laughs> not not from flying, thankfully, <laughs> knock on wood. But uh, you know, over my lifetime, uh, many many surgeries mm -hmm. and stuff from all kinds of you know mountain biking and skiing and accidents. And but mm -hmm. and they always suck when when they happen. But then uh, somehow they're 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 very good times for growing and for perspective yeah. and for learning. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, they they tend to be. In retrospect, they tend to be very good things. Well, mm -hmm. Patrick, thank you for sharing all of this. I really appreciate it. I know it's uh, difficult uh, to to do it in not your native language, so I, I really appreciate it. Uh, you did great, man. Thank you. It's it's good to uh, meet you, even though it's not in person. But we'll be meeting to, uh, soon enough there and in Fuchsel and Salzburg <laughs> yeah, sure. and I, I wish you the best of luck with the rest of your training for you and your, your team and uh, really looking forward to race with you and spend these amazing days in the Alps together uh, for the X-Alps so uh, but thank you yeah thanks too and I wish you also good luck and yeah see you soon in, in Salzburg and thanks a lot thanks Patrick appreciate it thanks If you find the cloud-based mayhem valuable, you can support it in a lot of different ways. You can give us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher or however you get your podcast. That goes a long ways and helps spread the word. You can blog about it on your own website or share it on social media. You can talk about it on the way up to launch with your pilot friends. I know a lot of interesting conversations have happened that way. And of course, you can support us financially. This show does take a lot of time, a lot of editing. A lot of storage and music and all kinds of behind-the-scenes cost. So if you can support us financially, all we've ever asked for is a buck a show. And you can do that through a one-time donation through PayPal, or you can set up a subscription service that charges you for each show that comes out. We put a new show out every two weeks, so 
For example, if you did a buck a show and every two weeks, it'd be about $25 a year. So way cheaper than a magazine subscription. And it makes all of this possible. I do not want to fund this show with advertising or sponsors. We get asked about that uh, pretty frequently, but I, for a whole bunch of different reasons, which I've said many times on the show, I don't want to do that. I don't like having that stuff at the front of the show. And I also want you to know that these are authentic conversations with real people. And these are just our opinions, but our opinions are not being skewed by sponsors or advertising dollars. I think that's a pretty toxic business model. So I hope you dig that. Um, you can support us. If you go to cloudbasedmayhem.com, you can find the places to support. You can do it through patreon.com forward slash cloudbasedmayhem. If you want a recurring subscription, you can also do that directly through the website. Uh, we've tried to make it really easy. And that will give you access to all the bonus material, little video casts that we do and extra little uh, nuggets that we find in conversations that don't make it into the main show, but we feel like you should hear. We don't put any of that behind a paywall. If you can't afford to support us, then just let me know and I'll set you up with an account, of course, that'll be lifetime and hopefully in a, you're being in a position someday to be able to support us. But you'll find all that on the website. Uh, all of you who have supported us or even joined our newsletter or bought cloud-based mayhem merchandise t-shirts or hats or anything you should be all set up you should have an account you should be able to access all that bonus material now thank you so much for listening i really appreciate your support and we'll see you on the next show thank you mm-hmm.